excuse me. And so this word on today when, and it was funny because when we were discussing it, Dad was like, I feel like some, one of y'all is supposed to minister, to one of the four oldest. And so we was like, well, Christina's gone. And I looked at Gino, Gino was like, nope. And I had one thought, and I was like, let me go see if Katrina got two or three more thoughts so that I ain't got to do this. <laughs> and so the, I was like, uh, you have a word? And so then Katrina was like, are you serious? So she was like, no. She's like putting on her makeup. And Angelina looks at me, and so she says, I don't know, Angelina got like this real sneaky look, if you ever noticed. And so she was looking at me, okay, remember in uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas? Remember like when his smile just like turned all the way up and his cheeks got real big? That's the look Angelina makes. That's the same face, like the line just like curls up. She was like, she looked at me, she was like, you got a word. And I'm just like. I just looked at her, so she started laughing. Katrina was like, you got a word? I said, I have a thought. She said, well, run with that thought, because that's all I had on Friday. I want you to turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 7. Starting off at the first verse, when you get there, say amen. Then Elisha said, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, Thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. I'm going to stop right there for a second. So basically, you know, we, we all know the story. The land had been in the famine because the people of Israel, they was, you know, worshiping false idols. And Elijah said, you know, if I, there should be no do no rain until I say so. so. So here it is. We have a situation where people are starving to death. And because there's no food, the price of everything has just gone up. Just kind of like, you know, like the gas prices. Like when there's stuff going on and the gas gets messed up in the Middle East, then everything jumps up over here because there's less fuel. And so since there's less there's a, and you still have the same demand, it drives the price up. Amen. Even though the gas that's over here is the gas that's already over here, and the gas that we should be getting like six months down the line is what really should be higher and not because something happened yesterday or something happened 20 minutes ago, so now the gas done jumped up 50 cents. You know, they just doing it like just to milk us. But that's essentially, you know, like what it is, you know, supposedly. So anyway, well, that's another whole story. So anyway, so we have a situation to where there's not enough. Everyone is in lack. And so here it is, and everyone has been in lack. It's been a dry spell. Everyone is in a state because in a state of being cursed. Everyone is down. So here it is, you have someone that is speaking something completely opposite to what is going on around you. And not only is it completely opposite, but it's saying that it's going to be so different 
that everything is going to be cheaper. Everything is going to be better. You ever been around somebody that had just been down in the dump so long? Oh, better yet, have you ever dealt with somebody that all they know was the hood? That's, that's all they know. All they know is the hood. All they know is the ghetto. All they know is the projects. They ain't never been outside of Pontiac. That's, that's just all they know. So when you try to introduce or tell them about something else, their mind can't wrap around it. They can't understand, they can't fathom it. And then when you try to explain things to them, they think you a fool. But really, they're the ones that's inside their own small little world. They're ignorant to what of the things that's going on around them. And so here we have a man who the king leaned on. So the man that's in, that's in charge of everybody and advise, you know, he was like an advisor. So an advisor to the king, you know. Someone who the king leaned on is listening to someone that's ignorant. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You ever had a boss that listened to somebody on the job that didn't know what the heck they was talking about, but they just talked a good game? You ever been in a situation like that and you just want to say they're an idiot? But you can't because you know that they're their pet. And you got a politic and kind of like work your way around. And you just like both of these, they some fools, both of them. And you got to deal with that mess. That's like a whole nother state of like work hell. <laughs> so, so, so here it is. And so then, but then the man of God said, because you have said this, you will see it and won't touch it. You will see it and won't touch it. You, know, you can be in such a state to where you are in so full of doubt that when the deliverance does come, you'll be able to see it, smell it, but you won't be able to grasp it because you didn't believe the word when it was given. You can be right next to a blessing and see it, can almost taste it, but can't have it because you didn't believe it. You know, I didn't see it, but it was, it was an episode of um, Once Upon a Time last week, and Katrina was telling me about it. And they kind of, they take, if you've never seen the show, they take um, fairy tales and they spin it up. And it's really good, like, how they mash it all together. And they told a story to Little Mermaid. And um, Regina, who is a, the evil queen, she had gotten mad at Ariel because Ariel had helped out Snow White. This is a, a long story. But anyway, so when Ariel went to go back to meet her prince and tell her how she felt, the evil queen stole her voice. Why did she steal her voice and not kill her? Because she said the worst thing in the world is to be able is to see the one you love but not tell them, not be able to tell them how you feel. She was just when she was about to cry out his name and tell her how she really felt all these emotions and this had been building up. She had finally worked up the nerve to tell him, to tell him how she really felt. 
And then all of a sudden, when she was about to release that thing, and probably she probably thought about the wedding, literally half, I don't know what a, a mermaid and a man would make, maybe like a quarter fish, I don't know. <laughs> one leg, one fin, something, I don't know. So here it is, she was about to tell him. And then the woman stole her voice. And now she couldn't do it. And she just, she couldn't even cry because she had taken everything away. So all she, she was trying to sob and cry, but wouldn't no sound come out. She couldn't even get his attention. Could you imagine? And that's how some people are. You can be so close to a blessing, but then completely miss it. Because you didn't have the faith. God, come on now. Because you didn't have the faith. So, so, so here it is. So this is a man who the king leans on. And then, and so this is a man who has stature, power. You know, the one, someone who is supposedly well-respected. You come down to the, four, to the third verse. He said, and, then, and there were four lepers, leprous men at the entrance, at, at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit here till we die? Yeah. That's the name of this message. Why sit we here until we die? So we have four men here that are not only are they, are they sick, but they are rejected of the people that's cursed. So they just like in a double negative situation. So not only are they of the cur- you know, of in a situation where the people are cursed, they're of cursed, but then they're rejected out of those people on top of that. You ever have somebody like a family in the projects, everybody living in the projects, but they don't nobody fool with that family because they super ignorant? You ever seen people, you know, like a family like that? Like everybody poor, everybody broke, but then you don't nobody really just mess with them because they just like, not at the bottom of the barrel. They like the, like the slugs like underneath the barrel that's been sitting there a long time. Like they them. You know, so here it is. So we have, we have four men. You know, so, so, so here it was, it was in a situation, we're going to continue reading and if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. So they knew they couldn't go back to where they were. Because they knew it wasn't nothing left for them back there. There's nothing, there, there was nothing, that was their past. That was the situations that was behind them. There was nothing for them back there. They knew. They said, we can't, ain't a point of going back there. We can't. Because there's nothing but death there. There's nothing but disease dying. It's like, we ain't going to make it if we go back. So we can't go back. If we stay in this situation now, right here, nothing is going to change. If we stay with this mindset, if we stay right here, we're going to die here. 
So let us just move forward. Let us just go forward. Let, let, and not only do they just say go forward, let's go to the enemy's camp. We ain't got nothing else to lose. What do you have left to lose? Sometimes we have, we have to get in a situation where, guys have put in a situation where we ain't got nothing left to lose. You know what one of the most dangerous times it is to mess with an animal? When the animal is cornered. Because now it ain't got nothing else to lose. When you're in a situation, when you're in the corner, uh, you know, as many of you know, I've been going to a boxing gym. You know, when, when, you, when you're in the corner, you have to fight your way out the corner. Because your enemy thinks it's got you up against the ropes. When you're in that corner, it ain't nowhere for you to go. You can't move. You can't dance out of it. You can't talk your way out of it. And you know what? Three minutes is the longest feeling in the world. Most of your street fights probably only last anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute. And you think you in shape, get in the boxing ring and fight somebody. For three minutes. After a minute and a half, you just like, when the bell gonna ring? <laughs> like, when is the bell going to ring? I, I, I remember, like, the first time I had got uh, in the ring, and uh, Jimmy, uh, so, some of you have seen Jimmy, some of you have, but Jimmy is about my height, but Jimmy is probably close to 200 pounds of just muscle. And there is a difference between hitting a 75-pound punching bag and hitting Jimmy. And not only hitting Jimmy, but dodging Jimmy. <laughs> and not only dodging, but dancing with Jimmy. There's a big difference between doing, hitting a punching bag and doing a couple jumping jacks. And then you in the ring and you dancing around the ring. You think like, man, boxing rings are small. And you get in there, it's like you just stepped into an Austin universe. You're like, this thing's so big. <laughs> like, like, and you just like, you want it. And he be like, no, come on. So I, I remember the girl, it was a girl, she was in there with him first. And so she was like one of those little tiny, like little things, you know. Um, <laughs> she was like one of those little tiny girls, you know, that likes to run. You know, I don't like to run. I hate cardio. I rather lift weights. I hate cardio. But she's one of those people, like, she likes to run. She's like, oh, I run about four or five miles about three times a week. Like, oh, okay, good for you. You know, and so, you know, she does yoga. She does, like, all those little things. So she was in the ring, and so he was like, come on. But, like, after, like, two minutes, she was like, she was like, it is time to stop yet. I'm like, oh, wait a minute now. She runs about three, she runs about four or five miles three times a week. And he's like, it's harder than it looks. So I'm just like, I'm thinking, I'm looking at her like, but she, but she runs. Like, what, like, how long am I going to last when I get in there? <laughs> and she just like, and so then like, and then there's a bell that goes off like 30 seconds before the end of the bell. So when that bell went off, she was like, oh, it's time to stop. Thank you. He's like, no, 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 no. You still got 30 more seconds. And so she was like. 30 more seconds. So here it is. So I got in there. So after 30 seconds, I'm like, so she lasted longer than I did. Like, I was ready to give up. But then, like, Jimmy talks junk, too. 
So, cause like he was like, so he say stuff. All them brothers and sisters you got, that's all you got, and blah, you think you bad, and blah, blah, you coming here with all that mouth, and you already. So then he pissed me off. So then, then it was like, okay, well we gonna get Jimmy just a little bit more, or try to. <laughs> and so, but anyway, so, and so that's how the devil is. He get us in the ring, and then he just like, come on, and then we think. And, you know, it, it's important not to judge when other people are going through stuff. Because you could be on the outside looking in like, oh, that ain't that hard. It ain't going through. And then you can be going, and the next thing you know, you can be going through the exact same thing. You didn't know how hard it was. You know, or sometimes, or like they're struggling with their personal demon. And just because that's their demon and you don't have a problem with it, don't mean yours is just as strong as theirs. You just got a different one. So it's important not to, when somebody, you see somebody struggling with something, you see somebody going through something, it's okay to say, I don't understand that, like that particular issue. There are some things that I would just never struggle with. One, being gambling. I am too cheap to gamble. That is not something that I would struggle with ever. Have you ever put a quarter in a in the slot machine? Yes, I have. And you know what? I was mad that machine had my quarter. I wanted to kick the machine in to get my quarter back. So gambling would never be, you know, my issue. You know, my issues is a whole nother like list of things I'm pretty sure my sisters could all tell you about. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> You know, I have a whole nother list of problems, you know. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now they agreeing with me. I ain't getting heckled with that one. <laughs> you know, so, so, so here it is. So you can be in a situation where you are fighting something. You're struggling with something. And it got you in the corner. And when you're in the corner of a ring, the only thing that you can do is fight your way out. And the only way, because like he got you up against the rope, so all you can do is just dig him like in his side, like try and get him up underneath his ribs, get him in his stomach, hurt him enough to where he moves back so then you can muscle your way out of the corner. So here it is, that's what, and so sometimes God allows us to get into situations to where we're in the corner because, because he's trying to get us to fight harder. He's trying, and so when you're in a situation to where you're in a corner where every, well, you can be in a situation where everybody thought that you was beat. Everybody thought that you was down for the count. Everybody thought that you was about to die. Everybody looked at you and said, this fight is over for them. But when you can get into the situation where you can fight your way out of the corner, hallelujah. When you can say, when you can say to yourself, why sit here till I die? Why should I let this thing beat me? Why should I let this, why can't I move forward? When you got it, and so sometimes you're saying, God, like, when you going to ring the bell? <laughs> like, ain't it time for rest? The devil don't give up, so we can't give up. So God can't, we wait no God to ring the bell. God is waiting for you to get up underneath the devil's ribs. God is waiting for you to hit that sweet spot. God is, God wants you to hit, hit the devil with, bust the devil with a move, that you can actually break a rib. Hallelujah. 
And you know what? When you break it, you know, breaking the rib is very dangerous. You know why? Because you can puncture the heart. Oh, hallelujah. And when you know, when you can puncture your heart, you can kill a thing. God is trying to get you to the point to where you can kill the very thing that got you up against the ropes. Hallelujah. Why sit here till you die? Hallelujah. You got to get in your mind and say, God, I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm not going to take this situation anymore. This thing that's beating me down, this thing that got me up against the ropes, I'm not struggling with this thing no more. I'm tired of this thing beating on me. I'm tired of this thing that got me down in the ropes. I'm tired of this thing. I'm tired of these bruises. I'm tired of getting knocked upside my head. I'm tired of everybody looking at me getting knocked upside of my head. I'm tired of me struggling with this thing. I'm tired of people talking about me. I'm tired of people saying that I'm never going to amount to any oh hallelujah. Many of us in this room has the devil said, has people around us said, you will never amount to anything. Oh, I knew she was gonna mess up. I knew he wasn't no good. His whole they, they whole family trifling. Well, you know who they mom and they daddy is. You know, you know they people, you know, they they low they they low character people. But when you can get to the point where you just digging in them ribs. Every last one of us in here got a temper. Every last one of us again gets to the point like we all gonna fight. We'll fight everybody else but the devil. We want that's the that's the one we want to give up on. We ain't scared to fight. No, most of us in here ain't scared to fight nobody. We 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 ain't scared to fight more than one. If it's got to be done, it's got to be done. It was funny because when we had, I, I ain't going to say which one of us said it. But I was with two people in the church, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that. We was going to a fight. <laughs> we going to a fight. And so somebody in the car asked, because I'm talking to one of my friends is already there. They was like, ask them if they got metal detectors. Well, what you got? <laughs> and I'm like, so I asked him. I was like, oh, is there any metal detectors in there? And they was like, what you got? I was like, it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> be instant in season and out of season you never know when you got to be in a fight even Jesus said how many swords we got he didn't have to ask who had them sometimes you got to roll with some folk that got some stuff <laughs> I didn't say who it was. It could have been Brian. <laughs> Yo, Brian, quick. Yo, Brian can shank you about 50 times before you even, like, blink. You ever have him just walk up? He's like, just punch you, like, 50 times, like, real fast. I'm like, if this dude had a knife, I'd be dead. He can make a lot of money as an assassin, I'm telling you. Because he little too. 
You know, like if he dressed the same, if he shaved, he'd probably look like a kid, you know, so somebody. <laughs> so he could just walk back, like it'd be a crowd, like shang, 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 and just walk away. <laughs> and get away, and he's fast too, you know. Amen. So, so we are all, so every last one of us in here, you know, we are some fighters in the natural. Sometimes if you're in a situation, especially like in war, if you got somebody that's scary, the scary people will get you killed. Amen. The cowards will get you killed. The ones that's going to give up in the face of adversity, they will get you killed. You got to have some folk you can count on. You ever been in a situation where you thought somebody had your back and you was like, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to beat them down or whatever. And then when stuff got real, then they was gone. And you looking like, like all of a sudden, like, you know, because you, they, they hyped you up. Like, yeah, like we about to go over here. Like we about to get them, you know, blah, blah, blah. They was talking all this junk. Like, they instigated the whole, like, like, you wasn't even that mad. They made you mad. But the reason why they made you mad, because they wanted you to fight. You know, and then you like, dog, like, what happened? It was like, you handled it, dog, you had it? It it, it was either you handled it or, like, you know, like, I didn't see the point of, like, they was whooping on you and somebody had to call 911, you know, or, like, you know, somebody had to have a getaway car. You know, I, you know, if I would have been in there, like, who would have, who would have got you home? Who would have got you to that? You ever had friends, you know, friends like that? Well, I didn't either, but you know, they ever seen? Yeah, they out there. You ever, you ever seen situations like that? So, so here it is. That's why you need people around you that's gonna. You know, help, you know, it's going to pray, it's going to fast, it's going to be with you. But there are, but a lot of times when you fight the battle, you have to fight the battle by yourself. Amen. You have to pray for yourself. You have to fast for yourself to get your own blessing, to deal with your own devil. You know, we can pray for you. We can, you know, we can say, like, Lord, give him strength. But that's really what it is, like, Lord, give him grace. Lord, give him strength. But if you don't decide to fight for yourself, if you decide to sit there till you die, that's on you. So here it was, they said, why sit here till we die? So said, let us go into the enemy's camp. We ain't got nothing else to lose. Let's just go back and read it real quick. He said, if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. What else do you have to lose? You know, when someone had leprosy, you know, it wasn't a thing of like, ugh, you got cooties, you got to go. 
there was a whole process that people had to go through. You had to go to the priest. The priest had to check out the spot to make sure it was. You had to go cleanse yourself. You know, you had to, you know, you were separated, and then they would come back, and they would check on you, and they would try to cleanse you again, and then you were separated again because, like, you know, you know, there was a whole process. You know, your house, they would come in, take all the stuff out your house. You know, you had to, you know, they had to scrape the house, like, to try and get the, like, all the, bacteria or whatever they thought like out of it and then they would come back and they would replaster it and they would come back and they would check the house again so it was like it was a whole process to go through to the point where it's like okay you're just like they're like you about to die bro like ain't nothing else we can do for you so they had already been through a lot to get to this point where they're outside the city you know, sometimes when you see people that's like down in the dumps or homeless, like there was a process for them to get to that place. You know, people that have been down and depressed, it's not like most people, they have tried several times and failed. You know, most people don't just mess up, like just screw up once or whatever, and then like, well, okay, well, there's no hope, or, like I'm just like going to die. It's like they've tried. They fought with this thing. You know, they kept, they kept fighting. They kept praying. They kept fasting. And, and that's why everybody's looking like, oh, there ain't no hope for them. But when you make up in your mind, why sit here till I die? Let's just go into the enemy camp. Let's just see what's going to happen. Because there's nothing left for me back where I came. There's nothing left for me right here. But if I go forward, I might be able to live. What else do you have to lose? What else do you have to lose? Yandere korabohata. The only thing left to do is to move forward. You know the one of the, some of the most poisonous water is stagnant water? Water that's just been sitting and it's just been collecting, you know, bacteria. You ever, first of all, the stuff smells awful. Could you imagine drinking something like that? Like, I, when I think of, like, really dirty water, I think of the water, like, at the mill dam. But that was a creek. Even then, that was running water. I'm talking about like the mill dam. Like that water just been sitting there. Like I think, I think they do. They have fish in there. Them fish got about five, six eyes. <laughs> Brian, you don't eat them fish, do you? Yeah, you just like to. You just you just throw them back. You don't want to eat them fish. And you can't. You know something that's stagnant, that's been sitting, that's not moving forward. Nothing can grow from that, but death. When you stay where you at, there's nothing that can come from that but death. When you decide you're not going to move forward, like, God, I give up, I'm not doing this, there's nothing for you but death. The only thing that's going to grow there is death. The only thing that's going to come to pass is that you're going to die. There's, that's all there is. But when you desire to say, God, I'm not going to sit here till I die. And it might not be a, a physical death, but a spiritual death. Amen. 
a mental death. You know, people can check out. I was talking to a, a friend of mine. He was talking about his grandmother. It had got to the point, she had so many open heart surgeries and brain surgeries with so many different things wrong with her. The doctor has been telling her that she was going to die for 20 years. She had had so many surgeries. And so, she, but, and so it just got to the point where the doctors were just kind of like, well, you know, we're we not. Because they would say, well, she's only going to have like six months to live. Well, she's only going to have a year to live. And she lived five. And something else happened where she's only going to have like six months to live, three months to live. She'll live another six. And it got to the point where her doctor's just like, well, we don't know when she's going to die. Because <laughs> she wouldn't give up. Amen. She fought. But then they told me that she was a fighter. Because she wouldn't, because that's just what how she was. And so when she eventually passed, I think she passed last year. So when she eventually passed, uh, everybody, like nobody could believe it. Like folks came to the funeral, like, are y'all serious? She really did? Like they came to the funeral to make sure it was somebody else. Because she had fought so hard. Just because somebody has pronounced a death sentence on you, just because somebody said you was no good, just because somebody said your family was no good, that does not mean that is the case. The only way you're going to sit there till you die is if you decide. You have to decide to fight your way out the corner. You have to decide if nobody else, even if nobody else, even if the only person that's saying anything is God. The only person that's encouraging you is that still small voice. That's telling you what, when all you have is that still small voice that's encouraging you, when everything else is telling you to give up, that it's over, that it's done with, that there's no hope, why sit here till you die? Amen. And so what happened? They rose up in the twilight and to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. You know, that's how God works, ain't it? We not got to the point of saying, God, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to take it anymore. You know, like the, the hardest person that you have to fight is yourself. The hardest person you will ever have to fight is yourself. You know, anytime you have a fight, when you have to, you know, apostle, he wrestled. And it was always harder to wrestle somebody that's the same, that's evenly matched with you. The same height, the same weight, the same strength. They, and they knew the amount of the same moves. That was going to be a long fight. Because you were evenly matched. That's the one you had to, that was the hardest. Because you, so you're stronger than somebody that can be over quick. If somebody's stronger than you, that can be over quick. But when you got somebody that's on equal ground, that's a long, hard fight. When you're fighting against yourself, that's the hardest fight that you will ever have in your life with anything. When you doubt yourself, when you don't believe in yourself, when you're trying to encourage yourself, that's the hardest, some of the hardest things that you would have to do in your life. When you're down on yourself, when you're disappointed in yourself. You know, a lot of times people, they can't make it out of their situations because they're, just, they're so disappointed in themselves. They're so down. They haven't forgiven themselves. The hardest person you will ever have to forgive is yourself. 
Forgive yourself for being stupid. Forgive yourself for being blind. Forgiving yourself for not for allowing the things to continue to go on. Forgive yourself for allowing yourself to fall into the situation. That is the hardest thing that some of us will ever, that any of us will ever have to do is learn to forgive ourselves. But then when we get to the point when we get out the corner, you ever seen a fight that when, when me and Brother Brian and Sister Sharon, we had went to the fight, it was one guy, he had came out, and he was a big dude, too. We was like, ooh, it's going to be a, like, we didn't know what way this fight was going to go because you had this big, like, mountain of a dude, white, white guy, and you had this other guy that came out, like, in a, uh, in a hat, like, in a, <laughs> in a white hat, or, you know, with the, I think he had, like, a feather on it. So he came out. And he just like, you just like, what are we about to watch? And so you so they come out and he hit the big dude one time. Bam. He didn't, he shouldn't even have took the hat off. Knocked dude fell out like he was asleep. <laughs> just like bam. Like he it wasn't like no slunched over, fought out. He was just like timber, boom, like it was over and done with. That fight was like, what, 20 seconds, 30 seconds? I mean, it was like, and I completely missed it because I was looking at what somebody had on. Because I had turned my head, and I had turned to Sister Sharon to say something. Sister Sharon, she, she saw it out of her peripheral vision, but I was looking over here and completely missed it. All I saw was like, I heard a thud, and that dude was saying, I was like, what happened? So when we come out that corner, we finally fight our way out that corner. All you need is one good blow. One good blow to knock the devil out because nobody thought you was getting out that corner anyway. So when you make up your mind to fight your way out, all you need is just one. All you need is just one. And so you know and you know what? When you fight your way out the corner, when the devil thinks he done had you up against the ropes, you done messed him up. You ever been in a fight and somebody thought they had you, but then you just messed them up because you did you pulled a move on them that they just wasn't expecting? And all you need in a fight, all you need is just a split second of hesitation. Because like when you got that split second of hesitation, you can get that one good hit in and just lay them out. So that's all we got to do, saints. That's all we got to do is just keep fighting. If you're in that corner and you're saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. God, I don't, like, I don't know if I can. Just keep fighting. Keep digging. Put everything you have into it. Because I'm going to tell you this. God has put something down on the inside because you have been training this whole time. Before you got into that battle, God had put putting you through a training session. So even though you think that you don't have the strength, even though you might think that you don't have the stamina, even if you think that you're not ready, that you can't do it, God has been training you and equipping you that whole time. All you have to do is make up in your mind that you are going to fight your way 
out of this battle. All you have to do is make up your mind that you're going to fight your way out of this corner. You're saying, God, I can't do it. And God is saying, yes, I can because I was in the gym with you. I was in there when you, I was with you when you was praying. I was with you when you was fasting. I was still sending those words when you thought that you, that you couldn't do it. God was in the whole time saying, yes, you can. Yes, you, And you know what? Even though you're in there, you think you're in there by yourself, you got somebody that's in the corner. They already know the outcome of the fight. And while you in there, you fighting. God is telling you to fight. Keep fighting. Dig your way out there. Get underneath them ribs. Keep going. Put your body into it. Put your weight into it. Keep fighting because once you make, once you get up out that corner, because you know, once you get out that corner, all you need is just one hit. One thing to lay the devil out and then you're going to be walking away with the belt. Amen. Everybody please stand. <laughs>